you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Here we are at the NFL Report, week seven, almost done. I'm Steve White here with James Palmer. James, we were both at really good games yesterday. You had the Chiefs increasing their lead in the AFC West. I was at the Steelers-Rams game is they won that game. And, JP, let's kind of bring, before we get started here, people into our world pre-game, some of the conversations, some mm-hmm. of the things we notice when we're on the field hours before kickoff doing our job. I like that you said hours, Steve, because I believe I have arrived at uh, Arrowhead on Sunday morning at about 7 a.m. for a 325 kickoff. Oh, people are so crying tears for you, buddy. Boo-hoo. No, no, no. I was there a long time, and I could be there even longer. I love Arrowhead. And it was maybe the most beautiful day Kansas City has ever had. It was gorgeous. Well, I'm standing in the right outside the visiting tunnel talking to Keenan Allen, just kind of watching him catch these balls over his shoulder, one after another, ball over his shoulder. And I go, Keenan, you're doing this to get your the perception of it, right? To, to see the ball in each stadium? And he's like, you got to know exactly how it looks in every stadium, baby. And these red seats are not nice to catch against. And I was fascinated by that, Steve. Just a receiver spending a ton of time. The same way an outfielder might go out there and just throw balls against a wall in a visiting stadium in Major League Baseball just to see, you know, how the ball comes off the wall. He's sitting there seeing how the seats would impact how he sees the football. What goes on pregame, maybe, is more elaborate than a lot of people think, especially with quarterbacks. It really, it really is, JP. I mean, and part of what we do and part of our jobs is to see little things, little nuances. Like, you will see players actually go walk to certain parts of the field. Like how basketball players would dribble on the wood to see dead spots. They'll go see if there's a soft mm-hmm. spot in the turf or if there's artificial turf, if there's a pileup of the rubber pellets in, in a heavier part of the field than where they are in the other part of the field. It's a true science, and it's smart. I mean, and that's why these guys mm-hmm. really know exactly what part of the field they can do certain things and what part what they can't. But we got to start the show off with the game of the week, James. That was Sunday night with the Philadelphia Eagles, where they came in and they yeah. did a muscle flex, an A.J. Brown-style muscle flex in the second half of the game to shut down the high-flying Miami Dolphins. 
I'm not going to say AJ Brown. They were in Kelly Green, so I'm going to say what? Jerome Brown, maybe? I'm oh, going to say I like Reggie it. White. I'm going to say I that like type it. of physical flex up front as they were rocking the Kelly Greens from my uh, from my childhood. you got to remember, Steve, that this Miami's Dolphins offense, obviously they were shorthanded a little bit on the offensive line. Jalen Waddle battled injuries throughout the game. But this is a group. Let me look at this right now. Coming into this game, number one in points per game, total offense, passing offense, rushing offense, red zone offense, and Philly holds Miami to season lows in points, 17, total yards, passing yards, rushing yards, just 45, and time of possession. I was blown away by this defensive front of the Philadelphia Eagles and how they were able to manhandle that group up front. We've seen, really, we all talk about the explosive plays with Miami, but it's all predicated off of the run, right? That's exactly where they want to start this. And the way that they weren't just supposed to be physical on the inside with guys like Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter and the ageless Fletcher Cox, but the way guys like Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat played on the outside because of that wide zone run game, extremely impressive performance by that front seven because remember, that Philly secondary was banged up. For that front group not to give two a whole lot of time, I think they hit them like eight times, sacked right. them four times, bunch of tackles for loss. That group up front did not give two a whole lot of time to throw the football. And, and you talked about the, the play of the edge defenders. I mean, that's huge when you're trying to stop that outside zone runs game. If they set the edge or they kind of yep. jam up that pocket off tackle, that really makes things difficult for the offense. But again, let's not forget – the Dolphins were down three rotational players, two starters on that offensive line. I still don't know if this True. makes a difference. And, and then this is what made me think of, of a little bigger picture stuff here. And that is, if you do not want to go through Philadelphia, you better handle your business, San Francisco, because the Eagles showed in that game last night that they can play bully ball. They can play cold weather football. Mm -hmm. And they've shown in the past, if they need to, they can play high-flying football. Because remember, this game was tied up at 17 in the second half. And then that's when all of a sudden they start they, – they have the pick by Darius Slay, right? Right down there in the red zone. Miami was threatening. I mean, they had a nice drive going. Slay yep. gets the pick. They put together – I think it was an 83-yard drive, 13 plays, two tush-push conversions on fourth down. And isn't this funny, JP? If it were Brandon Staley who went for the fourth and one on his own 26, we'd be killing him. But because Nick Sirianni and his Eagles offense have made that tush-push an automatic play, we're like, oh, yeah, they're going to get it. No, it's first and nine, Steve. It's first and nine, according <laughs> to Nick Sariani, every down distance they have, which is a great quote, and it'll probably be on multiple T-shirts in the Philadelphia area. What you're saying exactly, Steve, is that they can beat you multiple ways. You can see them go downfield as that part of the game is coming back together, which we saw last year, but it struggled early with a new play caller in Brian Johnson. A.J. Brown downfield, it's not a 50-50 ball. The way he uses his body to shield defenders, it's kind of like you know a guy playing the, the low block as a power forward, reminds me of Charles Barkley, just kind of using your body to put the defender on one side of you. A.J. Brown has been remarkable. They can also play the bully ball of running the football with their quarterback, with multiple running backs, and their dominant offensive line. And, and I love what you said about going into Philadelphia because that was a big part of this game in terms of a learning experience for Mike McDaniel and his group. If you look at the two losses they have, it's two tough environments to play in, in Buffalo and in Philadelphia. And I think you, you, his group learned was in an atmosphere like this against a team as good as this, you can't have small mistakes like he mentioned where maybe they had a lineman issue, Steve, right? The offensive linemen weren't exactly in the splits that they wanted them to be in. And he's like, a team like Philly up front will take advantage of that. They were behind the chains repeatedly because of the way Philly played up front. You can't make those small mistakes on, a on the road against a team like Philadelphia. All right, and just real quick, let's flash back a couple weeks ago. We had 49er safety Talanoa Hufanga on here. We were talking about their hot start.
He said it was their mission out of the gate to make sure they don't slip up so they can secure home field when they get to the playoffs. Now we're probably seeing some of the thinking with the way that Philadelphia has played. Hey, JP, you were at a fantastic game last night, and you had a, uh, a really interesting post-game interview as well. Patrick, everybody in the country knows you're looking for Travis Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. How do you guys still do this game in and game out? Yeah, he's a, he's a special player, man. He, the way he understands the game, he understands coverages and gets himself open, man. It's special. And I was proud of the other guys for stepping up and taking some pressure off him. Um, they did a good job of help, kind of helping going against him in the second half. Other guys stepped up, and we were able to find a way to get a win. You mentioned other guys stepping up. The first touchdown you have is to MVS. How are things coming? with this wide receiver group. You feel like a, a, you're turning a corner in a sense? Yeah, I feel like we've gotten better and better. You know, uh, it hasn't been the, the typical Chiefs as far as offensively, but every week you can see us stepping in the positive direction. And so uh, we want to keep getting better and better and play our best football at the end of the season. Well, we've always seen as Spags gets this defense getting better as the year goes on, but they've started out so hot. What's it like playing with the defense that you guys have right now? Yeah, it, it takes a lot of pressure off us. I mean, the way they're able to shut the door, I mean, that's a great offense. And they had a good first half, but the defense made adjustments, did a great job in the second half whenever we were struggling. And that's team football, man. And that's what you got to do in this league to get a win. All right, go enjoy it. I appreciate you. We cut off the bro hug. That's all right, Steve. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Pat said it was always nice to give a nice little chat with James Palmer. Uh, this was the exact same score as the Eagles and uh, and the Dolphins. It was 31-17. And, Steve, you talked about playing at home. Is Patrick Mahomes ever going to play a road playoff game yeah. in his career? We'll find out because he's yet to do it. And they're really off to a scream and start in the division, and we'll get to that. But what stands out to me is that second question right there. Because we know what – Travis Kelsey was able to do once again, uh, going for a gazillion yards uh, and having a million of them in the first half. And Patrick Mahomes and him working something together. But we've always been constantly talking about this wide receiver group and how are things coming. I got some intel being there uh, this past Sunday. And what stands out to me, Steve, is the way that Patrick Mahomes has handled this process with these new pieces, with some younger guys like Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice, and, and how he's gone about the process of the week and during the game. I've been told coaches have been almost in awe of the way he's had patience with this process, the way he has been a coach on the field during practice, during games, the way he's put the effort in. And I mentioned that word patience. Steve, how many top-tier quarterbacks do you think have a lot of patience when things are not working with a certain player or a certain group? They sometimes don't have it. Some of the greats haven't had it. This is an aspect of Patrick Mahomes' game. They mentioned maybe another tool in his toolbox in terms of making him a better player and a better, more complete quarterback in the long run because of this struggle here. You saw his play with the receivers a little bit better in this game. It's turning a corner in a sense, it seems. Yeah, you know, we saw Tom Brady have that patience with wide receivers because, you know, the Patriots really never gave him a great one. At least Patrick has <laughs> had Tyreek Hill for a little bit. We have seen, we've seen other quarterbacks not have it. But, I, you know, I, I love the question, you know, you asked him about Travis Kelsey. By the way, Kelsey, 12 catches for 179 yards for a touchdown. A little bit later on the show, That's we're going to have former Stanford coach David Shaw on here, where we're going to talk about the tight ends and how awesome that they've been. But, look, I, again, love I want to go bigger picture here. Let's look at the AFC West. The Chiefs are already three games up on the second-place Raiders, who've got three wins yeah. right now. Those Raiders who win in Chicago got beat by Tyson Bajant yesterday. 
this is just another one. I'm sure the division is not something that's their goal. Let's win the division, but, you know, that's always the first step so they can get part of that buy, secure the home field, whatever that may be. But I want to look at the rest of the division because, once again, we see the Chargers, who typically play the Chiefs close. I, I, I don't know what they've got going on, James, because to me they're still probably the second-best team in the division, although they're not playing like it. They're 2-4 and four right now. And to get to the question, you asked Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey, everyone in the world knows that's where you're going with the ball, and they allow him to catch 12 of 13 passes. Make somebody else beat you. And this is why Brandon Staley is now going to start here. If he thought he was on the hot seat with Sean Payton looking over his shoulder last year, right now, that side of the ball that's supposed to be his specialty where they put all this money and it is not working, especially with an example like this, this is really going to bring the pressure. And, again, we don't know. Denver, maybe they start playing better. Maybe the Raiders start playing better. But this, again, is a Chiefs division, and I'm not saying the Chargers can't make a run in terms of their schedule. It's not easy, but it's not brutal. I just don't know if they've got the gumption to string together four wins to put themselves back in a playoff picture. I'm going to stick with the Chiefs, Steve, when you say this is their division, because I think being in the driver's seat here, they have the ability. And I I won't say this was told directly to me in the locker room, but it was kind of hinted at post-game that there's certain players, like, say, a Jarek McKinnon, that were kind of just, we know what he can do. It's almost November. It's almost December. We'll start firing Jet up a little bit. They have that luxury. No lie. Because of the spot they're in right now, because of the depth they have, on both sides of the ball. I think the number of skill guys they have, they have multiple running backs with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Isaiah Pacheco, they're running the ball more than they have in years past. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they are deeper as well. And the massive injury that happened in that game Sunday night to their middle linebacker, Nick Bolton, he dislocates his wrist. He's going to need surgery, to my understanding, going to be out several weeks. We know what Spags puts on the middle linebacker, right, in this system, Steve. They signed Drew Tranquil in the offseason. And when Bolton was out earlier in this season, I was told by coaches he filled in unbelievably to the point that they needed to find snaps for him when Bolton came back because he was playing so well. Those type of moves to give yourself some depth when Drew Tranquil will slide in, not saying it's plug and play, but a very good, very smart player coming in for Nick Bolton. The depth of the Chiefs helps them during this time. Coming up, we are going to travel to what was going to be, Steve, I thought one of the greatest games of the weekend between the Lions and the Ravens. Well, the Ravens took the Lions behind the woodshed and just whoop, it was insane. We'll talk about that with Sherry Burris coming up on more of the NFL Report. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats 
even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Welcome back to the NFL Report. James Palmer, Steve Weich with you. We're joined by Sherry Burris, who was at what I thought Sherry was going to be the game of the weekend. The Baltimore Ravens hosting the Detroit Lions, but what happened? The Ravens won the toss. They decided to take the football. Strange, yes, but they score on their opening drive. That's all the points they need because they won 38-6. to We've been waiting for this offense to finally click with Todd Munkin and Lamar Jackson working together. What stood out, Sherry, to you the most, specifically maybe when they're down there in the red zone? Well, James, kind of starting off, it just felt like, you know, when Oprah said, like, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown. <laughs> Everyone seemingly finding the end zone. And, you know, just a couple weeks ago, we were talking about them being the best team in the red zone. But the last two weeks, kind of faltering. Quarterback Lamar Jackson saying it was just a miscommunication error. Offensive coordinator Todd Munkin said the simple solution is scheme it better, call it better, coach it better, and then execute it better. And that's exactly what we saw. They were 5 of 6 in the red zone and as you mentioned it James mm. we thought this would be such a great game both really strong defenses pre-game I was thinking this was going to be a defensive chess match turns out I was only 50% yeah. right it was more the Ravens side that really held up their end of the bargain but it really was impressive that they were able to make that fix for their red zone struggles so quickly and you know Steve I looked back at my text messages it was only about an hour and a half into the game you texted me saying, hey, we have to talk about this game on Monday. I don't even know if it was halftime yet, if that even goes to show just how they were able to turn things around <laughs> on offense. They had 503 yards of offense. Head coach Dan Campbell saying Lamar just absolutely grilled them with his arm. So as much as we've waited to see now through seven weeks of this season, I think this is really, you know, the glimpse of what we expected from this Ravens offense so far this season. Yeah, Sherry, it, take, it takes a little time. And, uh, you know, I was talking to yeah. someone recently. They said it takes about five or six games, and that's where they are. Because you could see last week when they played in London, and how about that? They did not take the bye when they came back from London, that they were starting to get it together. They had the red zone issues, but they really cleaned house against the Lions. And to me, it was their offensive line. I mean, that was a dominant performance yeah. by Ronnie Stanley and the gang that really shaped it up. But, Sherry, also the defense. We talked about the Lions had – the high, one of the highest-scoring offenses in the NFL, they, only get, they get held to six points. What about that side of the ball for the Ravens? Absolutely lights out. In postgame, I asked Mark Andrews, if the defense is able to play like they did in that game against the Lions, how does this kind of piece together the puzzle of everything they want to do? And he says their defense sets the tone. That starts with Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen. They had five sacks against the Lions. Detroit's only allowed 10 sacks all season. So that doesn't say anything about what this defense is able to prove and to show. Um, and I, again, it does really start with Roquan. He's just such a delight off the football field. Um, he is an absolute beast out there. We saw him kind of chirping a couple different times on the Jumbotron. 
earlier in the week, he said he's from the show me business, right? He wanted the Lions to prove to him how good they were. After the game, he kind of gave us a little tidbit of what he said in his pregame speech. He said, guys, this is M&T Bank Stadium. This is the bank. This is not a lion's den. We are not going to let them come in here. He said he told the security guards to lock the doors. They are not going to let the lions out until they were ready. So he is talking the talk, walking the walk, and the defense is really following suit. I don't know, Sheriff, if that's up to fire code or not, if you're allowed to just lock doors <laughs> yeah, in I mean, a large, hey. crowded stadium. I'm not sure that's, uh, that's really allowed. Let me tell you how the traffic it was or... to get out. We all left at the same time. The security guard did not let any of us out any <laughs> earlier. It was horrendous. <laughs> that's phenomenal. I have to add one quick note on uh, on this game. Uh, honestly, it stands out to me, Sherry, in the red zone specifically. And to you, Steve, is I had a conversation with Sean Payton the other day about the mobility of quarterbacks in the red zone and how it was just an added really element that a defense needs to account for but what we're seeing because we know the mobility is there with Lamar Jackson is how patient he was looking to throw the football and not just take off and run down in the red zone to make defenses sit there and have to kind of plaster and hold for a second and maybe not just take off immediately like you used to do a couple years ago another added element down there that makes this offense in the red zone even more dynamic but he was in the pocket what nine seconds able to scramble and still throw a TD I mean, right on. I mean it's like what else what else can you do? Yeah. I know. Attorney. Appreciate it, Sherry. Thanks so much, Sherry. Really appreciate you. Hey, yeah, and, and JP, Sherry gave us some good stuff because the Ravens now are leading that, that AFC mm-hmm. North. Um, and, and I was at the game with the Rams and the Steelers. And the Steelers now 4-2. and two. Remember the Steelers and Kenny Pickett came back and beat the Ravens a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Kenny Pickett, as we have said before, is that guy in the fourth quarter. I know – when he went for it on fourth down late in the game to close it out, um, the measurement might have favored the Steelers right there But what they did on the review. But that doesn't deny what happened with the Steelers in the fourth quarter. Here's Kenny Pickett, 7 of 7 for 138 yards in the fourth quarter. He had only completed 10 passes before that. And the way that they operated with the way he played, they were able to run the ball, sustain some drives, keep the ball away from the Rams and JP when the Rams did have it it was TJ Watt who did a number to help slow the Rams slow the Rams down but besides the Steelers staying in contention with that victory the rest of the division is right there because the Browns won and the Bengals had a bye JP not a losing record so what about this overall division when you see the way the Ravens are playing right now The Steelers look like they are only getting better with Deontay Johnson coming in at wide receiver. The Browns found a way with P.J. Walker, and now the Bengals have had an extra week for Joey B. to get healthy. It's remarkable to look at this right now and say, you know, we know what the Browns are. They're a very good team. We know what the Bengals are, a very good team, and that the Steelers are right now currently second in the division, and they're the only team, Steve, that has yet to lose within this division. They are 2-0 in the AFC North and everybody else has a loss, which I find very interesting. What I'm curious about, and we'll get to this in just a little bit with our man, Jeff Chidea, in terms of the confidence he has with a variety of teams in the NFL, he has confidence in a lot of teams in this division. I'm curious when you mentioned that fourth quarter, I'm impressed by Kenny Pickett, but the three other quarters, you can't have sustained success throughout a season by playing a quarter of a game. I'm impressed by it. I'd like to see them use both running backs a little bit more. What's that? Hold up. The Steelers did this all through Ben Roethlisberger's career, JP. Ben Roethlisberger (laughs) would look very ordinary 
for three quarters, and they would find a way to stay close, and then he was one of the best clutch quarterbacks in the NFL, which is why he's knocking on the door to Canton because of what he did and what Kenny Pickett is doing right now is very much in line with what Roethlisberger did. Listen, I don't think anybody in Pittsburgh is going to argue with you if you're going to say Kenny Pickett's going to turn out to be Ben Roethlisberger. I don't think anybody's going to be upset. I mean, I didn't say that. If that's what ends up happening with Kenny Pickett. But listen, what I do like about it, Steve, is what does Kenny Pickett in the fourth quarter kind of show you? It's a little bit of what Mike Tomlin builds with this team, right? It's a little bit of how he plays this physical style of football. A lot of ugly wins come out of Pittsburgh, but what are they anyway? They're wins. And I think actually this is kind of the build of Kenny Pickett in a sense, kind of his, you know, the way he is wired in a sense, put the other three quarters together and then you might have something offensively, but I think this defense is still playing really well in Pittsburgh. And I think ugly wins are wins, Steve. And that's the way Mike Tomlin does. He wins. Five career comebacks in 18 starts for Kenny Pickett. He has got um, four or six fourth quarter comebacks in his 11 wins. You tell me he's not going to be the next Ben Roethlisberger. Wait, that's for a later day (laughs) because coming back, we have a special guest to join us. Talk about National Tight Ends Day and also about the people throwing those tight ends the ball. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. We're back at the NFL Report, and JP, we now are making are having David Shaw, the former head coach of Stanford University, now with NFL Network, making his NFL Report debut. Coach. Thank you so much for joining us. Glad y'all have me, and I'm uh, I'm ready to go. Well, here, here's what we're going to start with. I mean, Let's as if it. you didn't know, we only hyped it up for like a week or so. It was National Tight Ends Day on Sunday, and yeah. so many of them, so many of them showed out. We had Travis Kelsey. We had Dallas Goddard. You know, even Mike Kosicki catches the winning touchdown for the New England Patriots. So let's focus on the position because the tight end has become a focal point in the NFL, kind of an unguardable chess piece. As somebody who loved tight ends at Stanford, what have you seen with the evolution of the position or maybe even the player who plays the position? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, this goes back years, of course, from Gronk, even Tony Gonzalez before that. You're looking for a difference maker. And us at Stanford University, of course, we see ourselves as – as tight end you with go. guys like Zach and Kobe Fleener yeah. and Austin and, 
and Dalton Schultz has been to, to Pro Bowls. We're looking for guys that are difference makers, guys that play basketball and have great body control, big bodies, but they can control their bodies. Can they jump? Can they change direction? Can they go up and get rebounds? Can they defend? Uh, we're looking for guys that were recruited as defensive ends also. They've got that toughness, that grip, that physical play, um, can play at the line of scrimmage. Uh, but as you're looking at Kravis Kelsey, you're looking for a guy that can maneuver in space. Can he get separation away from a defender? Can he find that hole and, and much like a, and have an athletic quarterback, when that quarterback moves, can he change direction to move with that guy? Um, and then the special guys, they do the run after the catch. The, the catch the ball, make somebody miss, hurdle over somebody, run through a tackle. Um, so you're looking for that piece because a lot of times, especially at the NFL level, the high-level corners sometimes cancel out the high-level receivers. So now here's that guy that can work the middle of the field. It's a shorter throw for the quarterbacks. Even the deep ball, the seam balls are, are easier throws than the deep outside balls. And a guy that can work the middle, now you've got a guy that's an athlete. He's a difference maker, maybe a little bit bigger than the safeties, maybe a little bit faster than the linebackers that are trying to cover him. And he can make those big plays for you in games. Coach, I'm curious, you mentioned understanding space. I, I think that might be one of Travis Kelsey's biggest, you know, and most successful traits that he has in the middle of the field. And you mentioned basketball in a sense. How much is that situational awareness, as opposed to speed, um, almost maybe more valuable if you tie that with football IQ at the position? Because it seems like the guys that have that high football IQ at the tight end spot are even, even almost more valuable. Yeah, I didn't know if I was going to ever see anybody better than Tony Gonzalez, but Travis Kelsey is right up there. That feel for space mm-hmm. and can the guy see me? Not see me, but around a linebacker, I'm nodding and moving this safety. Oh my God, my quarterback just moved. Plant, I'm going to go find a quiet space uh, so we can get me the ball. And then that catch <laughs> yeah. and turn to get yards after the catch. Like those things are so important. And for a guy to have that kind of a feel with nowadays, especially, and, and the defenses are playing great this year changing coverages and blitzes and a lot of the scoring's down and passing yards are down but those guys that can find those weak spots and changing defense they can change games for you coach we're talking about you know things that players can do but what about the evolution of the thought process of the coach because a lot of times it was he's got to be in line he's got to be able to do this but now we're seeing all these people figuring out how to use that athletic player that you just talked about yeah when you Travis Kelsey, uh, Young Laporta, some of these guys that are coming to the league, Kincaid. Um, now it's a lot of fun because it's not a normal chess piece, right? Sometimes this chess piece can break the rules, right? He's not supposed to be this fluid, this fast, this Ooh. athletic, this smart. So now you can move him from outside, right? You see him playing outside. You see him playing in the slot. You see him playing in line. You see him playing in the backfield and sneaking out in pass routes. You see him in pass protection. But then the next after pass protection, they, they check pass protection out that ability to move these guys around and play them in different places creates havoc on the defense, especially now you're a defensive coordinator. It used to be the tight end's going to line up either the next to the left tackle or the right tackle. Now, oh my gosh, he can line up anywhere. And now who do we have matched up on? Oh, we have a zone blitz. Oh my gosh, now if we don't get home, this guy's going to find the seam. Do we need to put our top cover man on him? Do we make somebody else available? Do we cheat the safety to his side? Now we might open up something else. So when you're able to move a player like that from – from one position to another, outside, inside, backfield, and have them run a variety of routes, now you're putting that much more pressure on the defensive coordinator. It's got to be exciting to be an offensive mind, right, when you have these pieces that you say break the rules of chess, Coach, so Bobby Fisher wouldn't be very excited about where you're going with the game of chess. But it seems like it can go to a whole other dimension, maybe 3D chess, I don't know. But let's talk about and move on to the guys that are throwing the football 
to these tight ends and everyone else and some guys that have had some experience. Let's go inside the Bears locker room for a rookie that is out there doing things. In his first start. my back from the jump man you know we had adversity last week justin going down and you know right from the get y'all had my back so i couldn't appreciate y'all anymore couldn't have did that without y'all today and glad we go out there and get a good one that is tyson bajan from the bears locker room the rookie division two quarterback and coach what do you see when you see a guy come in from the background that tyson has and maybe some of these other young quarterbacks that are having early success. There's something that's a parallel in your mind, and that's reps, starts. How much is that weighing into early success in young quarterbacks? No question about it. Um, for me, it's first and foremost ability. You have to have the ability, but then the number of reps mm -hmm. and production with those reps, right? When you can see that, and this guy, I mean, what did he throw for a ton of yards, a ton of touchdowns, had a ton of, ton of plays, uh, he made mistakes. He learned from them. He's seen every, he's seen every coverage. Uh, and now to come in as a young guy, and I went back to my head coach checklist. Okay, you're starting a first-time starter, maybe a guy from a small school. First and foremost, you put the pressure mm -hmm. on the defense. Like, hey, we can't have this score get out of whack. we got to play great defense, and they play great defense. Second of all, you put the pressure on the offensive line. Hey, we got to be able to run the ball to take the pressure off the quarterback uh, so we can play the play the game in second and five. And third of all, you put the pressure pass catchers. Hey, running backs make plays for this guy don't put the game on his hands let's put the game on your hands and you saw that happen so now you go back and you watch the game like i did again last night and this young man was playing in rhythm he was quick he was athletic he was smart but even more than that you saw him get in and out of the huddle there were no delay of game penalties you saw him do the ball handling right the fly sweep the backup quarterback gets mm. no reps in the nfl right the backup quarterback gets no reps in the nfl yep. and this guy yep. handled the huddle he handled all the motions, all the all the fly sweeps, handled all that stuff really well. And then what did he do? He used all that experience from college, no matter what level, all that experience. He went from one to two to check down, like his first play, his first pass play. One, two, check down. The ball was quick. It was athletic. It was out of his hands. The ball Boom. was dropped. But at the same time, he got the ball out of his hands. Um, and then you saw him move the pocket. You saw him escape the pocket. So that, that pocket awareness, that pocket field, and the athletic ability to get out and still make plays down the field. I think he threw four or five balls on the, on the run yesterday. Yeah. And then beautiful passes perfectly thrown. So he's got the accuracy. He's got the feel. Uh, and his teammates came up and played big for him as well. Yeah, Coach, and, 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 you know, this is going to be interesting to me now to see how evaluators look at guys like Bajan, like Brock Purdy, right, who've had that experience, who've had success at whatever level that they play at. Right and see where they draft him and how soon, how comfortable they feel because the Bears felt comfortable enough to make him their number two quarterback and to start him in a circumstance like this. But then there's also the, the quarterback with experience at the big programs. Like we're seeing C.J. Stroud do his thing. When you look at somebody who yeah. has all of the check marks you said but also plays in front of 80,000, there's James. He's a Buckeye coach. Uh, you know, yeah. when you see C.J. Stroud <laughs> and the success he's having this year with the things you just talked about, how do you think that translates to the NFL game? Yeah, uh, you look at all of those front end of the draft, you want the guys that are proven, right? You want to see the ability. You want to mm -hmm. see them play in big games and, and on national TV and, and not falter, and, and that gives them a step above. And then later in the draft, you're looking for production. You're looking for something that stands out. You're looking for speed, size, length, uh, or production. 
uh, down in the draft. So that's a tough balance, you know, where you don't look at a Brock Purdy and say, oh, we should have taken him earlier. Now, it makes sense. It makes sense why he was taken later. You know, it makes sense why uh, Pageant, Pageant, like everyone was this past week was looking at how to pronounce his name. Like, who's this guy? Where's he from? How do we pronounce his name? Right. Uh, and so you understand why. But you also the those personnel departments, they're looking for these nuggets. Here's a guy that was really, really successful and maybe didn't have all the stature and all the all the hype that these other guys have. But they, he, they show something that looks like he can translate. And that's why you pick a guy like this, and it's great to see him come out there and play well. And and uh, even even in front of the whole team, right? He didn't stutter. Yeah, he stepped out. Thank you all. And he talks with yeah. a little bit of a draw with the guys. Love, you know that comfort. He's comfortable in his own skin. And and uh, called upon next week. He's going to want ball again next week. That's just who he is and what he's done. Um, but as much as anything, though, uh, the defense kept the score. You know, they play with the league most of the game. Um, the defense didn't let it get out of whack, and that's the tough part for a young guy that's coming in now. Oh, my gosh, first first half next year, next week, is it going to be down 14? Do we have to bring him back? That's the next stage. But for a guy to come in, be efficient, run the show, make the passes, make the checks, um, he checked all the boxes this past week, and uh, proud of that young man. Coach, I have one more real quick on these young quarterbacks, and you mentioned it earlier in terms of pocket awareness and feel inside the pocket. We, we've seen Kenny Pickett maybe struggle with this a little bit in his young career. In your mind, with these guys that have played a lot of snaps at the collegiate level when they come into the NFL, is that something that you just have from reps or you just have it as an innate ability? Developing it at the NFL level, is that tougher than if you didn't establish it at the collegiate level because so much is played off script? Uh, and this is not... Cop. Um, it's much better to find it than to train it, right? You want to look for it when you're watching the film. You want to see this mm -hmm. guy have a feel. Um, uh, I'll go back to this. Uh, when I became a coach, the guy I would meet with every offseason was my old coach, Bill Walsh, right? The master, the genius. And, and Bill would quiz me, like, what are you looking for in quarterbacks? I give him this long list. And all those are secondary to <laughs> instincts, right? All those things you wrote down, okay. they're all great, but secondary. The guy has to have them. He has to have instincts, and it's hard to measure it. But that's what you're looking for. My, my quarterback checklist I used to have when I was uh, with the Baltimore Ravens and Oakland Raiders and I was in the NFL, that was one of those things, like pocket feel. I want to see him operate in a clean pocket. Does he still get mm -hmm. the ball out on time? Operate in a dirty pocket. Can he find the quiet spot? Can he push up and keep his eyes down the field? Does he run too early? Does he bail too early? Will he stand in there? Will he stand there and take a hit uh, to, throw, to make the big throw? Or will he push up in the pocket and get us five yards uh, and get down and protect himself? So those are things that you're looking for. And, and watching the game with the, the Bears just, uh, just yesterday uh, was outstanding uh, to see this young man push up in the pocket, keep his eyes downfield, make a couple plays, escape the pocket to the outside, keeping the ball in a throwing position and get, get rid of the ball uh, and throwing in a great location where it was safe or only our guy gets it or, and the other team doesn't have a chance. Um, and, then, and then when it's mm -hmm. time to run, Get as much as you can and get down and protect yourself so you can play the next play. So, like I said, he did everything that, that you needed to, and we saw what Bill Walsh would say, instincts and feel. We saw that when he played yesterday. Coach David Shaw, I mean, awesome. this this is why awesome. we have to have you back on the show. I mean, you just dropped so much knowledge. You're going to help our listeners and viewers out so much. Thank you so much. One last thing, though, you have to require of any quarterback you get in the future, like Tyson Badgett, you have to cock your hat to the side when you do your post-game interview like he did with Laura Oakman. Shaw, thank you so much. And when we come back here at thank the you, NFL Coach. Report, we're going to have Jeff Chadia with his first read column and more.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Back at the NFL Report, James, we're now joined by Jeff Tadia, who every Monday joins us with his uh, NFL.com first read column. Jeff, before we get to you, we got we to, gotta, for your column, we just learned that the Philadelphia Eagles have acquired in a trade Tennessee Titans safety Kevin Bayard, one of the best safeties Ooh. in the NFL over the past six or seven seasons. What about Howie Roseman making this type of move at this juncture of the season? Hey, strong move. I guess he's not uh, slowing down in, uh, after all the moves he made last year. And, you know, what's crazy about this move is that when I saw the Eagles play the Rams a couple weeks ago, talking to some people in their front office, they were really concerned about that secondary, how it was playing. You know, they know Bradbury and Darius Slay at corner are solid, but losing Avante Maddox was a big hit. And they everybody big. talked about how much they missed C.J. Gardner-Johnson at safety. And so going out and getting a guy like Bayard, who to me is a top three safety in this league, certainly a ball hawk, a great tackler, a guy who can blitz, who can do a number of things for you. Rich, get richer, man. Uh, it's a great move for the, for the Eagles. Yeah, there was also talk that there was another safety that was potentially available in Justin Simmons that knows this system, his time in Denver with this Sean Desai type system, that he would have been a fit, but they go and get Kevin Byard. And I, I think of back to two weeks ago, guys, when they finished that loss against the Jets with, let me put my pen down, one starter in their secondary still on the field at the end of that game. That's how many injuries they sustained in their secondary with guys that had gone down. And remember, they have a young safety duo. And Reed Blankenship, who was an undrafted guy, if, I, if I'm recalling that correctly, who's really worked his way up and they like a lot. Sidney Brown's played back there. Remember, they went and got Bradley Roby as a nickel just yeah. a couple weeks ago. That shows you where things were looking in this secondary. And now to get a player of that caliber that has the ability, Steve, to be a ball hawk, that has had a number of interceptions over his career, some of the most among pretty much all players. I think since 2017, Xavier Howard might be the only one with more. And then you have, pair him with the defensive front that they have in Philadelphia. Yeah, you know, when you think about the Eagles and Titans making a trade, I think the last one really worked out for Philly, <laughs> that being A.J. Brown coming over. Real quick, Jeff. Yeah. Think what, that does tell you, what does this tell you that Rand Carthon, the general manager and the Titans are doing if they're selling off somebody like Kevin Byard? Oh, it's their garage sale is coming. You know, you guys see Ryan Tannehill's probably leaving town. Nobody's bolted down right now, uh, except for maybe Jeffrey Simmons. Like everybody else in there, they got to start restocking the shelves, man. I mean, AFC, the, to compete in the AFC with what they have, they need a little more on that roster. So I understand exactly what he's trying to do. 
All right, let's get to your column a little bit, Jeff. You're talking about most trustworthy teams as we're through seven weeks. And, and I'm fascinated by the team that you have as the, uh, I believe, fourth most trusted team that got their doors blown off this past Sunday. <laughs> you are very confident in the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Tell me this. I don't take one loss too seriously at any point in the season. And this was just one of those games where the Baltimore Ravens were on their A game and the Lions were on their F game. And, and it happens sometimes. <laughs> uh, they got caught off guard. But you look at the way the Lions play football, I very much trust the way they're built. Uh, strong defensive line, strong offensive line. Jerry Goff has been playing like an MVP quarterback. You know, it, for me, what was more surprising in this game is we finally got to see what Baltimore could be with that new look offense. And I think everybody was kind of waiting to see if that was going to happen. It just happened at the wrong time for the Lions. So I still think if I'm looking for teams to trust, and I only pick three NFC teams now. So after San Francisco and Philadelphia, yeah. I love what the Lions are doing. And their schedule for the next five weeks is very easy. I think they should be sitting at 10-2 and two by the time it's all, all said and done. Yeah, and they're in their division. They're running Ooh. away with the division um, as well. And by the way, the Ravens are one of the teams you have on your list as a team you trust. Here's one that I'm interested in, though, is the Buffalo Bills. Because we have seen them really, I mean, they, they really seem like they're in a weird spot right now. I mean, we know how talented they are. But going through the season, knowing that Miami is, is right there in their division, you still have them as a team you trust, but they seem like they're skimming the, skimming the surface of the water right now. Well, I think they're too talented, for one. And I, I believe when Von Miller comes back in the mix, that defense will get a huge boost. But really, I also feel as if we've seen Buffalo go through so many stretches like this over the last few years. You go back to 2021, and they were playing weird football and got hot towards the end and wound up playing that, you know, that iconic game against the, the Chiefs in the playoffs. And last season, the, the Josh Allen gets banged up. They got these injuries, and they find a way to get it going. I just feel like they're, they're, some teams function well with dysfunction. <laughs> they're one of those teams that when they start figuring things out, they can get pretty good pretty fast. So I still feel like they're the best team in the AFC. We've seen how they measure up against the Dolphins, and that mean, that tells me that they can easily win that division again. Wow. And the two big injuries on defense. Don't face Jeff Chidea at well, all. What I'm curious about, bit. again, yeah, right? I mean, Milano's really, really good. How about the Cincinnati yeah. Bengals at number five? And you yeah. are convinced at number five on your trustometer, I'll, I'll call it Jeff Chidea, because I, I, what, what I'm looking at is I, I, I don't know if the sample size of this offense clicking is very big yet. And then I look at what they have next on their schedule. Their they schedule go to Santa brutal. Clara. They're at home against the Bills, Texans, Ravens, Steelers, Jags. I think we're going to get a chance to, I think, in a couple of weeks, really rip to shreds your confidence or you're, you're exactly right after week <laughs> seven. <laughs> well, look, yeah, I understand the concerns here, but really I feel like the AFC is coming back to the Bengals with the way the Dolphins got beat up, the way the Bills are struggling. Ooh, okay. The Chargers are pretty much out of it at this yeah. stage, and we have to assume that they're not going to be a playoff team at all. So I'm really confident of the Bengals getting a wild card spot just based off that. And so you look at that, and again, just as with Buffalo, they're one of these teams where the more they get their backs up against the wall, the better they seem to play. So it would not surprise me at all if they Specifically beat defensively. Hold on, hold on. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Hold, hold, Bengals are a wild card spot. So that brings us to our next team that you trust. I already mentioned it's the Ravens, but the Cleveland Browns. You yes. trust them. And here's the thing. We, we saw yesterday they found a way to win with P.J. Walker. 
no concerns about when Deshaun Watson comes back? Is that going to be disruptive, or do you think they're going to play better with him in the lineup? I feel like they've defined themselves already as a defense first team gotcha. for the season. And, gotcha. and no matter what they end up doing, and they're getting Jerome Ford going in the run game, Kareem Hunt's making contributions. I feel like they're going back to the old playbook Kevin Stefanski ran a few years ago with Baker Mayfield and just saying, let's, let's take care of the football, make a few big plays when we can, but let's make sure that we're, we're, we're playing sound football and playing to this defense. And when you got Miles Garrett, he's the most valuable player on that team, playing the way he's playing. I like their potential. And again, I'll go on a limb right now and start calling my playoff teams because I see seven solid ones in the AFC. And like I said, the Chargers being out, not sure about Pittsburgh. You know, the Jets, you know. You they don't got, like Pittsburgh. You know, why, why, why not the Steelers? Why not the Steelers? They're four and two. It's, it's the offense. That's what, They didn't make the list because of the offense. I just don't know what I'm going to get from them. We got, we got Pete. <laughs> Kenny we Pickett no with the quarterback situation is in, in Cleveland. <laughs> Well, well, only so many teams can make it, guys. If I'm not having to go, <laughs> that's with, a good point. Yeah, I mean they're playing better defense than the Steelers are right now, and their offense is in Cleveland has still got more potential than what uh, the Steelers have. So yeah, I mean it's it, it, the teams that were tough to leave off: Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, Seattle. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel as if they've shown me enough to where I could say, okay, this team in January to be playing consistent football. And really, it's the AFC North is so stocked right now, you, you have to eliminate somebody. And unfortunately, right now, it's the team with the best head coach. All right, JB, you're, 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 yeah. JB Jeff's MVP watch. Um, we see Lamar Jackson making a stronger push this week, as yeah. he should. But my guy, Miles Garrett. You like is that, huh? on the list. I love it. You know, I'm a defensive guy. You like you're a that, defensive huh? guy. You're a defensive guy. <laughs> yeah. Explain. Explain. Yeah, yeah. Well, one, I got a little bit of boost from my 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 boss, Ali Bompuri, who was like, you got to put Miles Garrett in there. And I, I said, you know, you're right. You're right. I, it, you know how hard it is to put together this list every week now? It's hard to find five guys every week that you can say are playing at an MVP level. Even Patrick Mahomes at the top of the list, he hasn't had his MVP typical season, but he's had enough good games no. to where you say, okay, you're, you're in there. But – I imagine that at the end of the day, you'll see Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and some of those usual names emerge. But yeah, but right now, Miles Garrett deserves to be in it. The way he played in that game, man, I was like watching, I thought I was watching like some alien movie or King Kong, just like running through people. It was just, he was impossible. He was like a, a whole different species out there running around. <laughs> a whole different species. Well, listen, yeah. I love they that don't you put guys on the list, like Jeff. Is he a because, real person? No, no, they don't. No, they don't. Watch him go dunk a basketball. It's incredible. Listen, it's been 10 <laughs> consecutive years where a quarterback has won the MVP award. I love that you put somebody that wasn't a quarterback on the list, which got Steve and I thinking a little bit. I'm going to pick somebody that I want to see on your list maybe in the next couple of weeks, and I'm going to go Tyreek Hill. If he yeah. is still on pace right now to go over 2,000 yards, I would think he has to be in the conversation. If that happens, if the Dolphins are a first or second seed by the end of the season and he has this team taking a turn, which we've seen for the two years that he has been there, to the way he's almost flipped that organization. To me, guys, I look at Tyree Kill and go, you mentioned physical specimens, people that are just built unlike anybody else. When you mentioned Miles Garrett, you could say the same thing about Tyree Kill. Like, I'm looking at, let's put every receiver – against the Bents defensive back in football. I, I think Tyreek Hill wins more than maybe any receiver out there if you were going to go mano we mano the same way probably Miles Garrett would win against the best tackles one by one 
mano a mano in matchups. I just think if you're looking at somebody that is more unique than anybody else in football and you have to spend your week, Steve, planning for maybe more than anybody else, Tyreek Hill should maybe be in the conversation. Yeah, Jeff, you know, I think you're totally right about that. But you look at the way he's impacted the quarterback, especially. And I, when Tyreek Hill was in Kansas City mm-hmm. and James has been here a lot and I, I watched him a lot, it's just you always thought, is it more Mahomes? Is it more him? Kind of like with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And Tyreek Hill just changes everything. And it's amazing to me that he can produce the way he produces at his size every week with people knowing he has to get the football. It, it is – and the guy wasn't even a receiver when he came into football. I mean, what he's become yeah. – is is the ultimate weapon speed yeah what speed. were you, you jalen ramsey yeah speed yeah. <laughs> he's got to be jeff tanillo once again fantastic job go yeah. read jeff's column at nfl.com slash first read and when we come back we've got some outstanding post-game podium moments from week seven don't blink here at the nfl report you go into your shower feeling tired But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. first and nine every down you know every first down is first and nine um knowing that if you get the fourth fourth and one um shoot a lot of faith in that play because you've seen it right you've seen it across the league that people can't do it like we can do it they can't do it like we can do it and uh and so I'm making my plug right there like don't don't ban this play like if everyone could do it everybody would where's the camera if everybody could do it everybody would do it Steve, that's Nick Sirianni, the Eagles head coach, or he could be essentially one of my friends at the corner bar in South Philly because that's exactly who he looks like is, <laughs> is every single guy in Philadelphia. I don't know if there's a head coach that resembles the city that they coach in more than Nick Sirianni. I think he almost embraces who he is. He embraces that other teams don't care for him sometimes. And I think first and nine is going to be on a lot of t-shirts as i brought up south philadelphia on a lot of t-shirts uh on those streets right outside lincoln financial field he is honestly everything that city embodies they love when outside cities hate them and nick sirianni embraces that and that clip right there was exactly what you'd seen if somebody from channel six is standing talking to a streetwalker after a video after a, after a series of games uh down in south philadelphia whether it's a phillies game or a, or, or an eagles game Bro, 
I didn't know what to say right there. <laughs> Talking to a street walker? You mean somebody walking down the street, James? We'll rephrase your yes, verbiage. Yes, that's what I meant. Yes, we'll rephrase your yeah, verbiage. That's what I meant. We're talking about somebody who represents a city, even though he is from the 757, from the Tidewater area of Virginia. That's Mike Tomlin, who after the game yesterday against the Rams, and the Steelers beat the Rams, his team had a couple personal foul taunting penalties, things like that, that put it in bad position. And when he was asked about this during his postgame, he said, well, we don't like it, but I would much rather have to tell them, whoa, than sick them. In other words, I would rather ask for forgiveness than permission. Quickly, JP, we also found out that the Dolphins are going to be doing an in-season hard knocks on HBO. They're rolling right now. You just talked about Tyreek Hill. We're talking about coaches. You think Mike McDaniel might have some some great moments in there? We're pushing that Mike McDaniel button over and over again as a league, man. man. It is just solid gold. And keep going to that well as frequently as you can. Mike McDaniel is pure gold whether they win, whether they lose. And now I can't wait to see him day in and day out during the week. This has been the NFL Report on a Monday. We have a monster show, just hinting at it, on Thursday coming up this week. Steve White, James Palmer for the NFL Report. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap, fresh, green, Irish Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home.